0: Very good to see everyone today. I am excited about what God is going to do today. How many are excited about Christmas? It's like right around the corner. Anybody excited about Christmas? Woo, come on now. There's a lot of people. Yeah, I feel you. Money. You know, whenever I was a kid, Christmas was exciting because it didn't cost me anything. Uh, But now that I'm a dad with a four-year-old and a two-year-old, which they're not even supposed to be expensive yet. Uh, (laughs) I heard that. Because they are like, and, and and my wife and I, we were talking uh, whenever we whenever we had Bellany, whenever she was first, you know, um, born or whatever. And of course, the first Christmas, you know, she was born in August, so she was barely crawling, if she was even crawling by that point. And uh, we said to ourselves, we need to set a precedent because you know, new parents and kids that don't have parents yet, we have it all figured out, right? You know what I'm saying? Like, you you ever have, if you have kids, I'm sure you've heard people tell you who don't have kids how they're going to do this and how they're going to do that. I used to tell people that. And well, so Christina sat down and I sat down and we said, you know what, going into the Christmas holidays, we are, uh, we're not going to, you know, they're young. We're not going to go overboard. You know, we're going to set budgets, which we have set budgets and we've stuck to it. Um, And we said, you know, we're just not going to do this and we're not going to do that. Uh, And then Christmas time gets here. And you start thinking, well, I bet Bellany needs a little four-wheeler. I bet, I bet Liam, he needs, he's got 30,001 balls, but I bet he needs one more football because he doesn't have that color. And so, yeah, so we became those, pre, those, those parents that probably overdo it as others do. And, you know, Christmas, is, it can be a stressful time of year. But the good thing is that even in the stressful times of life, God is still good, isn't he? Amen. That's a good place to amen right there because God is good regardless of what life or circumstances look like. God is good. And so uh, I want to welcome you to church today. I hope that you are excited about being here. I'm excited about being here. I'm going to be sharing the word in a few moments, and I'm excited about it. I like to come to church excited because I know when I get here, God wants to do something. He wants to say something to somebody. And so I know he's going to do that today. Amen? Amen. Well, uh, today I have a few things I want to share with you. Um, First of all, and there should be a slide for this. Uh, I want to let you know about the Christmas holidays and our holiday schedule and what's going on. First of all, um, I'm going to look with you so I know I don't get it messed up. Uh, next Sunday, somebody say next Sunday. Next, next Sunday, Bishop Chris Moody is going to be here and he's going to be preaching for us and speaking for us. Uh, we are in the middle, are the beginning stages of a pastoral transition and uh, he will be coming to kind of guide us through that and uh, he will not only be doing the business side of it, he's going to preach and I know he preached, he's preached here once or twice. I know at least once, I think twice. Uh, he's a fantastic pastor. He, uh, before he was a state bishop, he was a pastor. He went straight from pastoring into into uh, state work. Wait, straight from pastoring into state work. And he is a fantastic speaker. He is a fantastic deliverer of the gospel. And so I encourage you to be here next Sunday. He's going to do a great job ministering. And then he's going to probably talk us through some things and start leading us in th- into our pastoral search and, and all those things, what our next steps are. And so that's happening next uh, next Sunday. Also, uh, the 24th, which is Christmas Eve, we will be having a, uh, a Christmas Eve service. It'll be about 45 minutes to an hour long, but uh, we celebrate Jesus. The reason we have Christmas is to celebrate the birth of Jesus, right? So that means Jesus probably needs to be a priority in our holiday scheduling, right? Amen. Okay, well, I'm going to hold you to that because the 24th, we're going to have a short uh, not I say short. It's going to be a good uh, New Year's Eve service. We're going to come and we're going to have communion together. We're gonna we're gonna worship a little bit. We're gonna we're gonna talk about the word and see what what we can pull out of it and then what, how we can apply Christmas principles to our life from the nativity story. And so I encourage you to be here. That's going to be from six to seven uh, on New Year's Eve. Also, um, a few other things happening is uh, because we are having service New Year's or Christmas Eve, we will not be having. Um, a Christmas Day service next Sun, or the Sunday of Christmas, and so um, we'll, we'll, we'll be doing sa- Saturday night service for Christmas Eve, we'll, we will not have a Christmas morning service, we want you to go home and be with your family, we know that a lot of you will be traveling, you'll be going here, there, and yonder, I don't know about you, but I know on Christmas Day I have like three different houses to get to, and we're not putting Jesus aside, because the truth is, is we worship Jesus wherever we go anyway, right, amen, and, and we're, so we're going we're gonna to make time for Jesus Saturday nights Sunday morning. We want you to spend time with your family. We will not have a church service Sunday morning. And finally, somebody say finally. Good deal. Y'all are with me today. I feel it. I just, I'm there. I'm ready. Okay. And so finally, lastly, uh, the, from the 20, well, the, it's not second to last, the 21st and 28th, we will not have Wednesday night services, and the office will be closed. Uh, and I don't know if it's on here. Yeah, the 19th of December through the 2nd. That's two weeks. The office will be closed. And so I will still have my cell phone available. Uh, Ms. Carol will be available to call us on our personal cell phones if you need anything. Um, but the office will be closed during those times. And so that's that. Amen. I love announcements. Announcements are so awesome. I love when there's 30,000 announcements. But anyways, uh, we are getting ready to take up our morning and offering. And so uh, if the ushers will make your way up here. you know a thankless job? Anybody want to know what a thankless job is? Usher ministry. Usher ministry. Every Sunday, and some of you may or may not know this, but Brother Russ is our head of ushers here, and every Sunday, whether he's here or not, because his work schedule carries him here, there, and yonder, uh, but he makes sure it's taken care of and that we have servants here that are willing to, to do the Lord's work. Would you give them a hand clap of appreciation real quick? because? How many knows that uh, teamwork, you know, it's an old saying, teamwork makes the dream work, and uh, you need people to do God's work. You can't do it all by yourself, and so I appreciate these men and the others that serve on our ushers committee, I guess is what we would call it. Um, thank you very much for your service. This morning, we're going to get ready to take up our morning tithing offering, and, um, and as, we get, as we go into the Christmas season, as I said earlier, I, my wife and I, we did Black Friday to save money. Probably wasn't worth it because we may have saved a few dollars, but I gained a few gray hairs, uh, glory to God, hallelujah. Uh, you know, Black Friday is whenever you figure out who the real Christians are in life. I'm telling you, I mean, I, I know, I, I, luckily it hasn't happened to me, probably because I'm six foot tall and six foot wide, I don't know. But uh, but I, I was just observing, because I'm a people watcher, and uh, and I would look at people who I knew went to church, would nail a bit of Jesus in certain situations. They said, that's mine, I want that t-shirt for $3 less, you ain't getting it. Black Friday was crazy. So I know that going into the holiday season, we're all pinching our pennies. You know, we're trying to be good stewards of our money. But can I tell you this, that all good things come from the Lord. And the paycheck that I get to cash and the paycheck you get to deposit every week comes from God. You may say, I earned that money. I worked hard for that money. Yeah, but God gave you the ability. God gave you the opportunity. God gave you the place to work in employment. Because I can tell you, unemployment numbers are still pretty high. And if you're getting a check, then you're not unemployed. And the Bible says the first 10%, it's not a bill. It's not a requirement. It's a blessing because we get the opportunity to bless God because he's blessed us. That's good. That's, I ain't even preaching yet, and that's good right there. Because, because we get to be a blessing to God, he can be a blessing to us. And I know Christmas is, is tight. I know that presents are being bought. Hopefully you have a budget. We have developed a budget. And uh, we try not to go over it, uh, but I'm not very good at not going over it, but we've done pretty good this year. But the one thing that we said we're not going to do is we're not going to rob God. We're not going to rob God because all of our blessings in our life, and we have a lot of blessings. You may say, well, Pastor Jay, my banking account ain't rolling over. Well, yeah, but you're here, you're breathing, you have family, you may have family, you may have friends. God's blessed you. And as we get ready to take up our tithe and offering today, I pray, I ask you to bless God financially. Give your tithe, give your offering because he's been there. He's taking care of you. Amen? Let's pray. Father, I thank you for every one of our church members here who are here today. Father, I pray that as we get ready to take up this tithe and offering, I pray for each person that's giving. I pray, Lord, that you would add blessings to their house, God, if there are are financial needs that are there. I pray that you would open the doors, God, as they are able to give, as as they are giving this morning. And, Father, for those who may not be able to give a lot this morning or may not be able to give as much as they would like, I pray, God, for the financial doors to open in their lives, God. Because of their faithfulness, I believe, God, you're going to be faithful to them. Lord, we thank you, and we love you. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. Bless you as you give. to your neighbor tell them, it's time to go deeper. Oh, come on, you can do better than that. Look to your neighbor say, it's time to go deeper. Come on now. Um, before I forget, because I will, on that, on, I, it was on the slide, but I didn't mention it. Uh, don't forget, next Sunday is also uh, our annual children's program, so uh, make sure you come out and support that. They've been working hard on it for two or three weeks now, or for a, more than, longer than that, probably about a month and a half now. So make sure you guys, if you're parents, I know you're going to be here. Make sure the rest of you guys, and also with having Bishop Chris Moody here next Sunday, we're also going to be having our children's program. It's going to be really good. I encourage you to be here for that. Um, today, I want to share a message with you um, entitled, and the scripture is not in the computer. It just dawned on me. So we're going to go old school uh, today, uh, and we'll probably have a lot of unprepared people because we always have the scripture on the screen. Um, You know, earlier I said teamwork makes the dream work. Today was kind of a one-man show in some ways because we had a lot of last-minute things that had to happen. So I apologize. This is kind of on me for not having the scripture up there. But hopefully you have your Bible. If not, you have your phone. Um, Today we're going to be reading, and I'm going to give you a a few seconds to find it. We're going to come out of Isaiah chapter 54. I hear Bible pages turning. That's what I'm talking about. Today I want to be ministering to you, and we're going to be using, using verses about 1 through 3. Um, God laid this message on my heart uh, this, this week, and uh, very heavily. Um, and it kind of goes along with our message that uh, Pastor Scott finished up with last, last week. It doesn't directly um, pertain to it, but it kind of builds on some of, the, uh, some of the thoughts he shared with us. Last week, if you were here, he in his closing message, he talked about being anchored in our faith, and making sure that our anchor was in Jesus because when our anchor is in the right place uh, storms can't just knock us over amen because whenever we whenever we are anchored in the gospel then we have our feet on a firm foundation and so today this this is what the bible says this is Isaiah he says rejoice childless one who did not give birth burst into song and shout you who have not been in labor For the children of the forsaken one will be more than the children of the married woman, says the Lord. Enlarge the side of your tent and let your tent curtains be stretched out. Do not hold back. Lengthen your ropes and drive your pegs down deep. And I'm going to say that again. He says, do not hold back. Lengthen your ropes and drive your pegs down deep. I want to to read that same verse out of another version because I really liked how the message uh, says it. The message says it like this. Sing, O barren woman who has never had a baby. Fill the air with song, you who've never experienced childbirth. You're ending up with far more children than those childbearing women. God says so. He says, clear lots of ground for your tents and make your tents large. Spread out. Think big. Use plenty of rope. And drive the tent pegs deep. Drive the tent pegs deep. That's going to be the main part of the scripture that I'm going to be focusing on today. Drive the tent pegs. Drive the pegs down deep. How many of you have ever been camping before? Anybody ever been camping? But like, I ain't talking about, if it's a camper and it's got an air conditioner and a heater and all in an in a oven, that's not camping. That doesn't count. Okay, I can do that. And I'm not exactly Mr. Crocodile Dundee out here. I'm not going to do a walkabout, you know. But I've done that, okay. But there's one time that I went camping, all right. How many of you have actually been camping like old school? Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> okay, how many people under 30 have been camping, like legit in a tent? You're in the Army. It doesn't count, Kayla. I'm just kidding. Can- <laughs> You're G.I. Jane up in here. I, I'm just kidding. Um, okay, well, that's cool. See, here's the thing. I went camping one time. That's all it took. Because <laughs> I went camping, and I was probably, um, gosh, Lee, I was probably 12, 13. And my dad, he decided, we need to, we need more family activities. I'm like, Dad, I live with you. That's all the activity that we need. But anyways, he said, no, we need. We, I want more family activities. So he went to Walmart. Now, he decided this on a Thursday. And on Friday morning, he went to Walmart to buy all the camping stuff that he needed. Because you don't need to prepare for camping. You just go lay on the ground, right? My dad was a great planner, can't you tell? But anyways, so he has a lot of strengths, but that wasn't one of them. So he goes to Walmart, buys all the stuff he needs. So we we get ready to go camping, and we have all the stuff we need. Um, but the thing is, is we didn't really unpack or look at any of it. And so we got there. Anyways, we got there. And so we lived on Lake Ferguson Road. My dad and mom still live there. And so we, when I say we went camping, we didn't go like out in the middle of the woods in the, in the middle of a forest somewhere. When I say we went camping, we went like to, um, we went down to the grain elevator. Who knows where the grain elevator is? Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. So we went down to the grain elevator. We dodged all the cow patties because it was on the levee, and we found somewhere to put the tent. And we went after my mom got off of work, and, uh, and, and so it was a little dark. And it was, it was in November. It was cold, and it was about 30 degrees that night. And uh, we got there at about 430, which means what? We had about 30 minutes to put it together. That was real smart of us. So we get, to, we get the box out. We literally open the box of the tent for the first time under the grand elevator. We're like, oh, well, it's, you know, it's not going to take us long. How many of you ever put up a tent before? Those things are not from God. They are not holy. There ain't no bit of Jesus in those tent assembly whatever And so we get out there, we're fighting with poles, and we're fighting with sticks. It's cold, we're frustrated, and this thing is supposed to bend this way, but if it bends too much, you're going to break it. We broke a few poles, and so by the time we actually got the tent up, it kind of had a lean in part of it because my dad got frustrated and went all hulk on it and said, it's going to fit, and he made it fit, but it probably shouldn't have fit there, but it it got up, and so we got through, and, and my dad gave me a job. And now I'm 12 years old, and so I'm excited. Dad gave me a job. I kind of put my chest down and said, I'm going to help my dad because it was cool. I was like, my dad trusts me to do something. I had an important job. He said, Jay, I want you to put the stakes in the ground. I said, I can do that. I'm ready to do that. But the problem is, is that whenever you get a 12-year-old who's short, chunky, tired, cold, and yeah, there we go, and frustrated, I probably didn't do that great of a job because at first I was like, oh, yeah, dad gave me a job, but then by the time I got to, like, the 10th steak, kind of like, whatever, you know, you just kind of, you know, I kind of started slacking off on it, but I got the job done. The steaks were in the ground. I finished, and I went to eat with my dad. My dad was cooking hot dogs. Now, the problem was that uh, maybe I didn't do it as well as I should have, and, uh, if you've ever slept on the lake or been on the lake, the wind blows hard on the lake, and it's cold out there. And around 1030 that night, the wind started blowing and howling, and, and my dad said, because sh- my dad was also, he was like, oh, we're probably not going to need those stakes when we were putting it together. I was like, but, but he's like, well, we better put them in just in case. And so I'll, I'll never forget my dad laid there. He said, man, I sure am glad we got those stakes in the ground. And almost as soon as he said that, our tent went from a living place to a death trap. Because while I did put the stakes in the ground, I may not have beat them in as far as they needed to go because I was trying to get to the hot dogs. And so our tent collapsed, and for about ten minutes we tried to figure our way out of this death trap, and it fell in on us. Why did it fall in? Because I I did not put the pegs deep enough in the ground. Pegs are important. that night, if I would have driven my pegs down deep, then my tent would have been fine. Look at your neighbor, tell him, go deeper. Today, I need to tell you, and this is going to be the central theme of my message. Today, I need to tell you that we need to drive our pegs down deep because life is always going to throw wind at us. It's always going to throw storms at us. But when our pegs are down deep, then we don't have to worry about the storms of life because we have stability. You see, those pegs are important because the tent is built to withstand the storm if it's properly put up. Today, i got to tell you that if you drive the pegs down deep in your life and your faith in Jesus, then you are built, you are able to handle the storms of life because your roots, your anchor, your hope is in Jesus Christ. And so today, we're going to talk for a little bit about driving our pegs down deep so that when the storms of life, when instability, when when things that come into our life that make us afraid and maybe we're not sure about it, we're going to be okay because our pegs of our tents are down deep. You know, when you go to Walmart, there are different kind of pegs you can buy, different kind of steaks you can buy. The first one that I, I remember when I went one time because we were thinking about going camping and we were trying to use an old tent and need to do pegs, whatever, has three different kinds of pegs. First one I found, or, or steaks, whatever you want to call them, first one I found was little cheap aluminums. They're like literally... They look like a clothes hanger, actually, like the clothes hanger with a hook on them. And I remember looking like, man, this is, this is cheap. This isn't going to hold anything down. Then the other one they had was a plastic one. I was like, well, this is great, but I had a plastic one with my previous tent, and, and it broke very, very easily. And then the third peg or stake that I found when I went looking was it was a long, thick, strong metal stake that would go deep into the ground. Can I tell you today that as we go into this Christmas season where there's so many things that may seem uncertain and maybe you're you're, you're lonely at home because your family isn't there or maybe you're entering into the holiday season and thinking about people that are gone or passed away. I know I've been there too. I encourage you, get in this message, and we're going to talk about going deep to help us get through this. And so um, the problem with stakes, the problem is that is that the stakes that we choose for our tent are important. But if we don't think about them, we're going to make some mistakes. Because if you think about it, I need to get these if you think about the stakes that we choose for our tent, if we choose the cheap, flimsy ones, we're going to get knocked around with every wind that comes. Kind of like that old scripture that says, you know, a double-minded man is, is unstable in all of his ways. He gets blown away, around from here to there. Whenever you're going through things that are, that are unsure and you're not sure about how, it's just unstable. It feels shaky. When life gets shaky, you've got to have a faith that's more significant than just a flimsy little peg. And so today, you know, it may seem like life is getting ready to, you know, there are times where you go through things and it's just like life is getting ready to just fold in on us. You ever felt like that where it feels like life is just hard and it's getting to the point where it's going to just fold in on us. Do you ever felt like that? Like you're just getting ready to fail. But here's the thing. If your faith is rooted in the gospel you're not going to fail and your tent isn't going to fold in because Christ is behind you. How many knows that if Christ is on your side and if your faith is rooted in him you don't have to worry. You know, I'll, I'll never forget when my mom got cancer, or we thought my mom got cancer. She got a report that she probably had cancer, and they were just waiting on the test results to come back. And I remember praying for her, and I remember believing with her that Jesus was going to heal her, that the Holy Spirit was going to purge that from her body. And we had faith. You know, whenever you have a faith in a living God, he's big, and he's able, and he's sovereign. David said, surely the arm of the Lord is not too short to save. And so whenever we put our faith in Jesus, then we're able to stand Firm in any storm and able to look any bad thing in the face and say you know what it looks bad but I know my God is bigger. How many knows that God is bigger today? That no matter what we're facing in our lives God is bigger and he's able to save because I know it doesn't matter if I come to a dead end God will split the Red Sea on my behalf. I know I may be sick in my body but the Bible says that he took stripes on his back so that I can have a healing in my body. I know that regardless of what I face in life God is able to take care of it. And I know that because my pegs have been driven down deep. The enemy can send winds and turbulence, but when we build our faith on a good foundation, he can't take us out. The enemy can send all the winds and all the storms that he wants to in our lives. But whenever our faith is in the right place, whenever our faith is down deep in the gospel, and we get in our Bible and read those stories about how God delivered this person and that person, then we don't have to worry about winds. I heard a message a few weeks ago by Stephen Furtick. He's one of my favorite preachers. He preached this message. I've listened to it about five times. He said, I know, but I'm not nervous. I know, but I'm not nervous. Because you may know things look bad. You may know things look impossible. You may know that things look like you're going to go under. But he, but in the message he shared, I'm not nervous. Why? Because our God is bigger than those things. Because you think about people like Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego whenever they were getting ready to be thrown in the fiery pit for not worshipping the king. And they knew that God could save them, but they didn't know if he would. They knew, but they weren't nervous. Can I tell you today that I don't know how God is going to work on your behalf, and I don't know how he's going to answer the question. I don't know how he's going to send the healing or the provision, but I know that God God is going to take care of you. I know God's not going to leave you on your own. I know God is going to be there with you and He's going to walk through the storms of life with you because He loves you. The Bible says that He sticks closer to us than a brother. The Bible says that we can run in and into Him and He can be our shelter from the storm. I know those things because my faith is driven down deep. Look at your neighbor and say, Go deeper. Look at your neighbor say, go deeper. Isaiah 54 is built on, in order to really properly appreciate Isaiah 54, you got to understand and read Isaiah 53. Because Isaiah 53 goes, it's where, it's where it was prophesied about all the sufferings that Jesus would endure. It goes into, it's fitting because it goes into line by line, all of the sufferings and all the pain and all the rejection that Jesus would endure. But what's important, though, and what's fitting is that we see the sufferings of Christ was the foundation of the flourishing of the church, because that's what these verses went through actually the whole chapter of Isaiah 54. It's a prophetic word for God's people and for the church saying, you know what? Yes, that was bad, but there's a foundation and you may seem like you're struggling, but you're going to, you're going to come out the other side. You see, whenever Jesus was going through the sufferings, being prepared for the cross, it seemed bad. If you read Isaiah 53, it says about how he would be beaten and, and how he would be ashamed and all these things. You need to go and read it. But, but the thing is, is He knew whenever Jesus began to fulfill that that, uh, That prophecy in the New Testament The reason Jesus was able to endure those things Is because he knew what he was working toward Jesus was able to endure the cross Because he knew the purpose of the cross And can I tell you today That your present suffering does not represent your future story Driving our pegs down deep We have to believe that our present suffering is not indicative of our future story. The hope and strength that Jesus was able to cling to while going through his suffering was the promises that awaited him on the other side. The fact that all of God's people would be reconciled to him. The fact that sin and the the bondages of sin would be broken. He knew the purpose and he also knew that it was going to be something good on the other side. And today if you're enduring loss or suffering, just hold on because God honors those who are faithful to him. The thing that we are so tempted to do in the middle of adversity and and struggle and, and uncertainty is just fold up. Sometimes the wind knocks our tent over, and sometimes we just take it down. Sometimes the elements, sometimes the suffering, sometimes those things knock our tent over, but then there are other times where we just say, you know what, I'm tired of fighting. But the thing is, is that whenever we are faithful to God, not just in the easy time, not just whenever things are easy, not just whenever finances are good, not just when marriages are good, not just when kids are being good, not just whenever church church is going great, not just in those times, but whenever you're faithful to God, whenever it makes no sense to be faithful, then he knows that he can trust you with a lot of things because you were good with a few things. Can I tell you today that it may not make sense about what's going on in your life, but if you'll trust God and you will remain faithful to him, that he's going to pull you through to the other side he hasn't forgotten about you and that's why it's important to drive your your, your pegs, your stakes deep. Because a surface level, a cheap, a flimsy steak will come out easily. If you've, got a, if you've got a surface level faith that only believes Jesus is going to take care of it when it's going good, then as soon as things start going bad, you're going to get thrown around. But if you will decide in your heart and you will believe in your spirit that I am a child of God, that he hasn't forgotten me and he hasn't forsaken me, then it doesn't matter what comes into your life. You know that there is a God that's bigger than you that's got your back and won't leave you there. That's why you got to have a deep faith. A shallow faith will say, well, the devil's going to win. But a deep faith that says, I may be knocked down, but I'm not knocked out. I'm not folding up today. My sin isn't going to get blown away today because my God is bigger than this storm. Huh. I don't just serve a God that is in the storm. I serve a God that can speak to the storm and tell it to shut up and stop blowing. Can I tell you today that if you drive your faith down deep into the gospel and be anchored in what the word of God says, there is not a storm in this world that can blow into your corner that will knock you out. You can fold it up and that's your choice, but if you'll remain faithful, you're going to be better coming out than you were going in. That's good preaching right there. If you'll remain faithful going into the storm and through the storm, you're going to be better looking and better, you're going to be better on the other side of it because God's not going to allow you to go through something without making you grow through it. Isaiah 53 tells us that he was pleased, Jesus was going to be pleased in knowing that through him many would be saved, that the church would flourish and that the work that he was suffering for would surely come to pass. If you want to be better coming out than you were when in, than you were when you went in, you got to be faithful. And and then looking at, at this text, I think we can take three things from it. Look to your neighbor, tell him go deeper. Y'all gonna remember that by the end of the day. You may not say, I don't know what he preached about, but he sure enough was talking about going deeper all day. I got tired of him telling me to tell people go deeper. First thing I think we can take is this: I think we can, uh, I think we can see that God is concerned about our future. God is concerned about our future. You see because in that text, in the beginning parts of the text it talks about um, uh, it, it talks about children, all those things. and when prophets re- reference children, uh, many times it 's referencing a people 's future, and so this time of year, we may feel like uh, our future's on shaky grounds because normally. Uh, You know, sometimes things happen at our jobs this time of year. Sometimes things happen with our children this time of year. And it just makes life seem very shaky. But I need to tell you that God's not surprised. You see, we think that when storms come and hit us out of nowhere, that God is surprised by this happening and that happening. But the truth is, is that God's not surprised. He's been preparing you for it. Somebody needs to hear that. God's not surprised by your storm. He's prepared you for the storm you're going through. You ha- you're, you're not ill-equipped. You've got the gospel. You've got the Holy Spirit dwelling on the inside of you. You've got the anointing that's been poured over you. And I don't know what's going on in your life, but you're ready for it. If your faith has been driven down deep. And so God has a specific plan and purpose for this body and for your life. And it's going to come to pass if you remain faithful. If You remain faithful. Jesus said that He would build His church on a rock and the gates of hell would not prevail against it. You know, the enemy wants you to be shaky. The enemy wants the church to be shaky because He's afraid of what you are able to do. He's afraid of what the church is able to do. But whenever we have our pegs driven down deep in the gospel and we have a faith that says, I refuse to accept folding, I have refused to accept failure, then the devil is afraid of what we're able to do and what what you're able to do. You start asking, God, why am I going through this? Why do I have to go through this storm? Why do I have to go through this particular thing? Well, it's because there is a purpose that God has placed inside of you and the devil is afraid of it. Kind of like the, you know, I, <laughs> kind of like one of those, you know, how they used to say it. I don't remember. But you know, whenever they used to, they used to say, you know, I, I, I used people say, that they want to be the person that when they step out of bed in the morning, feet of the ground and, you know, the devil gets afraid or whatever. I I don't know if that's biblically accurate, but what is true is this, is that God birthed you before you were even in your mother's womb. God developed you and had a plan for you and a purpose for you. And you go through, you go through things in your life and there's resistance and there's struggle because the enemy wants you to, wants to take your focus off of your purpose and put it on your problem. The enemy wants to take your focus off your purpose and put it on your problem. But, I, but again, if our stakes are driven down deep in the gospel, we're able to ignore the problem and focus on purpose because we know that God will take care of the problem. That's good. We know that God will take care of the problem. And so the second thing we can pull from this is regardless of what a situation looks like, we can think big. God is not only looking out for a future, he's preparing us to be stretched. He's preparing us to be stretched. God's only limitations are the ones that we place on Him. We'll say that again. God's only limitations are the ones that we place on Him. Well, I know God loves me, but He won't do that. He won't, he won't help me through this. Or I know that people say that God provides, but I don't think He's going to provide for me. I know they say that God heals, but that's, that's for everyone else. Go deeper. Go deeper. Go deeper than that. You're not less important. God doesn't think less of you. You're not lower on the family scale in the gospel. You're not lower. You may say, well, Pastor Jeff, I've been saved for five and a half minutes. That's okay because God loved you before you got saved and you were important to him before you entered entered into the family of God. You're not less than. God's only limitations is the ones that you place on him. Don't limit what God can do in your life because of self-conscious or self-confidence issues you have in yourself. Let the love of God Build in you a new identity and let it build in you this faith that says, you know what, I may not think a lot of myself, but I know that God thinks a lot of me and I know that he loves me and I know that if I put my faith, my pegs, my stake down deep in his word and in his gospel, I know he's going to take care of me. We need deep, 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 deep stakes. God was saying to his people, to set aside plenty of land and stretch out the tents because he was going to expand their reach. Before God can provide a blessing in our lives, he has to make space. Before God can provide a blessing in our lives, he has to make space. And the way he does that is he stretches us. He told them to stretch the tents out because they were going to be expanding. Before God can add blessings in our life, there has to be stretching. There may be things that we need to expand on in our walk with Jesus. Maybe we need to love people more. Maybe we need to forgive people more. Maybe we need to give more. Maybe we've been stingy with our tithes. Maybe we've been stingy with our servanthood. I don't know, but God calls us to a place of stretching. Whenever you start going deep in your faith, then what that does is it lets you know that God's going to provide, but it also begins to convict us and say, okay, I know that God's going provide, to provide, I know that God's going to do this, but then the Holy Spirit begins to work on us and encourages us to start stretching. And the thing about stretching is it's painful. Stretching is painful. How many ever Gone running, like you. Like I don't mean like you ran across the block. I mean like you, you've trained before, like to like do a five k or ten k. Anybody or even just ran a mile. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I've tried that about five times. Like like we we take an annual beach trip, <coughs> and uh, and here's my plan: I work out for about five months of the year to prepare for the beach, so that I'm not as fluffy when I get there. Don't want to be mistaken for some type of wildlife when I'm laying out on the beach. And so, I work out just long enough to feel, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm okay. So, I work out for those five months. And, and then I go to the beach and I take seven months off. Hallelujah. But anyways, how many are in the middle of taking time off and working out right now? Uh-huh. Some of y'all just put your head down and raise your hand. I feel you. <laughs> and so, but anyways, last, time, last year when I was, when I was training, uh, I started developing A lower back problem, and it hurt, and I, I, in my, it just, I had lower back pain, I had leg pain, and I couldn't figure out what was wrong, and then finally, I went to the chiropractor, and they said, well, you need to stretch, you're you're really, really tight, and stretch, and I play football and stuff, but I really didn't put a lot of thought into the purpose of stretching, but I I stretch, I start stretching, Josh is a massage therapist, and he showed me some specific stretches uh, that you need to do, Josh and I were not as good friends after that, because stretching. It's painful, and I'll never forget. It. I was late. I, I, it was Josh wasn't there, but I, I said, okay, I'm going to do this every day, and and it did work. My lower pain, my lower back pain, went away after I started doing this. But I, I, one of the stretches is you lay down on the floor, and you put your leg flat against the wall. That doesn't seem like a big deal. Until you do it, and if you if you think I'm lying, I encourage you. I don't encourage you. You may hurt yourself. But if, So I'm not encouraging you, but if you want to try it, go ahead. Um, uh, I'm not responsible for what happens, but I laid down and I was like, oh, this isn't going to be a big deal. And I tried to put my leg flat against that wall and it would not go. It was stuck. And I laid it there and I was like, oh gosh, this is, this is going to be hard. And so I brought Christina in the room. Christina's in the sound booth today. Thank you for, for doing that today, but she 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 I said, Christina, I need help. She said, What? She said, I need you to stretch my leg out. I need you to push my thigh in and pull my foot out so I can get it to go flat against this wall. And she and so she started doing it. And I proceed to say, Ah! Now, maybe maybe not that serious, but it was serious enough that my daughter came in and said, Daddy, are you okay? No, I'm not. Mama's killing me, and it's Josh's fault. But anyways, but it was painful. But the thing is, is once I got on the other side of stretching and I started doing it every day, I was better, and my lower back pain went away. Can I tell you that as God stretches your faith, it's painful because because there's growing pains, but on the other end of it, you're able to handle things that you weren't able to handle before. Whenever you go through a stretching in your life, your, your ability to run a certain amount or deal with a certain amount or pray about a certain amount of things, it was one thing on this side. But once you're stretched and you're expanded, then you're able to sustain and handle more on the other side. And today I don't know what you're going through, and I don't know what storms have entered into your life, but I do know this, that if God is stretching you, you're going to make it. You're not going to fold up. You're not going to lay down. You're not going to die. You're going to make it, and you're being stretched, but on the other side of it, you're going to know beyond the shadow of a doubt that it was hard, and life may get hard at times, but even when it's hard, God's going to take care of me. I know because I've been through it. How many have some milestones in your life that you may go through storms today, but because you went through something yesterday, you know that if God did it yesterday, He's going to do it today. You may be going through a stretching season, but I promise you on the the other side of it, your faith is going to be stronger because you're going to have a testimony and you're going to know that if God did it then, He's going to do it again. Drive your pegs down deep. Don't just give up whenever things get hard. The last thing we can gather from this text is this. In order to reap the harvest and to survive the storms, we have to drive our pegs down. Deep. Faith is hard to come by in the middle of resistance. The worst time to prepare for a hurricane is once the hurricane has made landfall. Like the, my brothers lived in Mobile. My brothers live on the coast. A couple of them do, and uh, I have a family that lives in Florida. And uh, and it's so funny. Now the ones in Florida, they're actually they're Tommy's son, and his son's down there. Tommy, Wee's son is down there. And uh, uh, they're smarter because normally, you know, they're prepared. I have other, my brothers from my lineage, glory to God, they're not that smart. <laughs> and I'm putting this on the website. I'm going to let them listen to it so they know I said it. But, anyways, um, they, they're the type of people that you're going to see on the news and say, We're going to ride it out. I know. And I remember the last time, I think it was when Katrina came through. Uh, I called my brother. I'm not going to say which one, I'm not going to tell you that it was Jimbo. And uh, <laughs> I said, Which is funny, I have a brother named Jimbo That's how you know you live in Mississippi But anyways uh, I called him, I said, dude, what are you still doing Down there, you're gonna die He's like, no man, and now this is whenever Katrina's basically about to hit landfall The winds are blowing really hard He's like, no man, I got all this plywood Everything shut down, so I just went and got some I'm like, how are you gonna Hold it against the house without getting Blown away on the plywood Hmm I'll figure it out (laughs) whatever. Well, I said, well, if you decide to, you know, grow a few brain cells, I do have an empty room at my house. And anyways, but the, but the worst time to prepare for a storm is in the middle of a storm. You don't need to try to drive your stakes down. You don't need to try to build your faith in the middle of, 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 of going through a storm. If you put up a tent, if you put up a tent, and you forget to drive the stakes down, the worst time to try to put the stakes down is whenever the wind is blowing, because then the tent, and this is my daughter's tent, I lay down in this tent, and my feet hang out, can you tell? But anyways... If you start, you know, whenever the wind starts blowing and it's shaking and going everywhere, it's really hard to even if you can get the stakes in the ground to get them stable and so it begins to just blow over. You don't need to wait until storms come into your life to drive your stakes down deep. You need to make a decision today that if your faith is struggling, I'm going to drive it down deeper. I'm going to get in my word. I'm going to get in my prayer closet. How many have a prayer closet? I'm going to get in my prayer closet and I'm going to ask God, grow my faith. Grow me, Lord, because I don't want to get in the middle the storm and fold up or fold in or blow away. I want to be prepared that when resistance comes into my life, I'm deeply rooted in you. Down deep. Down deep. It's hard to prepare for a storm in the middle of a storm. You see those pegs, they're they're not reactive, they're proactive. There are some people that fold up in their faith because they have a reactive faith. They wait for problems to come, and then they decide to get a hold of God. And most of the time, that means they have a surface-level faith, and they fold up because they haven't gone down deep. But whenever you have a proactive faith, that means that when things are good, you're still in your prayer closet, seeking the face of God, finding out who He is, so that you don't have the cloudiness of trouble, and you're able to clearly listen to what He has to say to you. Because here's the problem whenever you try to build your faith in the middle of a storm. The the clouds have you so confused and and the problems have your mind so scattered that you're not able to build your faith because you're trying to figure things out. Which is the exact opposite of faith. Today, I encourage you. I encourage you. I implore you today it's time to go deeper it's time to go deeper Daniel if if you'll come play for me it's time to go deeper today I encourage you drive your faith down deep into the gospel into the word in your prayer life see here's the thing Resistance is an indicator of potential. It's not a sign of an of imminent failure. You may say, Pastor Jay, you don't you don't know all the things that are happening in my life. You don't know all the things I've been through. You don't know what I'm going through right now. You don't know the fact that I have disappointment. You don't know the fact that I feel like God has forgotten about me. You don't know. You don't know. You don't know. You don't, you're right. I have no idea. I have no idea. What's going on in your heart right now? Have no idea about what struggles of faith that you have. And you may say, well, Pastor Jay, you just said that if I'm in the middle of a storm, it's hard for me to drive pegs down deep in faith. It's hard, but it's not impossible. And that's why you come to church. You may say, Pastor Jay, I, I want to have a deeper level of faith just don't know how today God is challenging us to go deeper and I understand every one of those questions I, I came out of atheism so I know exactly what it means to struggle believing I was talking to Christina last night because if you hear me preach, I preach a lot about faith. I preach a lot about um, trusting God when it doesn't make sense. And I was telling Christina last night, we were laying in bed, uh, and I was, I was actually going back over to finish, going over uh, what I was going to speak on this morning. And I, I said to her, I said, it's crazy that the very thing that I struggle with the most is mostly what God calls me to preach on So I understand you. I told Christina it's crazy that um, my biggest struggle as a Christian, not even as a pastor, this is me being transparent, my biggest struggle is faith. Simply believing that God's going to take care of me. I even asked her, I said, I I didn't ask her, I just made the statement. I said, I don't know why that's my burden to bear. I don't know that's why God created me the way he did, but he did. And I appreciate it because I can identify As a pastor, I can identify, like Paul said, help me in my unbelief. And so I understand those things. Pastor Jay, I just, I don't know how to believe. I don't know if I can believe. i got to tell you today, you can. You can go deeper. You can go deeper. You can trust God more. You can depend on Him. You can lean on Him. You can't, you can't trust your feelings, you can depend on God, you can trust him, but it becomes a choice, not a feeling, feelings are deceptive, a man can love his wife for 20 years, and then see a pretty woman walk through the door, and his feelings may change, doesn't mean his choice has has to. His feelings come and go. But when you make a choice, you make a commitment. You say, God, I don't feel like I have a a huge faith right now. You may say, "I'm, I'm lucky to have faith the size of a mustard seed. But if you make the choice to say, I'm going to trust you, the enemy cannot overcome you. The enemy overcomes people who are double-minded, who refuse to make the choice to trust God even when it doesn't make sense. That's, that's the tents that fold up. The tents that fold up are the ones they'll follow God as long as it feels good. The tents that hang around, the tents that expand, the people that do well in their walk with Jesus, churches that do well, are the ones that say, I'm going to trust Jesus even when it doesn't make sense. Even when I can't explain it. Even whenever I don't know why God didn't heal my loved one. Even when I don't know why God didn't do this or do that. I'm going to choose to trust Him. Whenever I say, drive your pegs and your stakes down deep, I'm not telling you that you're going to get to a certain level and you're never going to worry again. I'm telling you, you're going to get to a level where you just know that it's a choice and it's not a feeling, and you go with the choice. I choose to trust God. If everyone would stand. Look to your neighbor and tell them, go deeper. Come on, last time. Everybody say, go deeper. Today I want to pray for those of you who you are in you are on shaky ground I want to pray for you today those of you who feel like things just don't make a lot of sense right now and I have a lot of questions and you're unsure about what God is doing in your life you're unsure about what God is, is doing in general need to go deeper in your faith. You need to be anchored in the gospel. I want to pray for you today. So with every head bowed and every eye closed, no one looking around, please. I'm going to call you out. Say, Billy Bob, stop looking. I oh, hope we don't have anyone in here named Billy Bob, because that's happened to me before and I got, I got in trouble for it. But today, that's you, if you feel like your faith is on shaky ground, and you need someone to stand with you and pray with you, I want you to lift your hand, and God sees those hands. If that's you, and you say, I just want someone to come down and pray with me, and, and walk, and just... Just believe with me. Pray that my faith is strengthened through this season of my life. If you haven't already, lift your hand. I want to pray with you. God sees those hands. Just wait just a second. Nobody walking around, nobody leaving if, if you haven't yet. Just, just sit, stay here. God, you revealed some hurt some, some doubt God we place those things aside and we make the choice make the choice to trust you make the choice to believe you pora you. Tell you today. I gotta tell you today, God hasn't forgotten you. God is for you. God is walking with you. God knows exactly the storm, the struggle, the provision you're looking for. God knows. God knows. God knows. Would you Join hands with the person next to you. If you if no one's around, we'll find somebody. Would you help me? Father God, Father God, you know each and every hand that was raised this morning. And God, we join together as a family of faith. We join together as a family of faith, God, believing for one another, believing with one another. God, we speak faith. We declare good things over our lives today, God. We believe in the name of Jesus that you're for us, you're not against us. You haven't forgotten us, and you've made provision for us. God, I pray for each and every person that raised their hand today that are struggling in their faith. We lift them up in the name of Jesus and we pray, God, that the Holy Spirit would drop seeds of faith into their lives. If that's you and and, and you raised your hand, I want you to listen to this right now. God is going to drop seeds of faith into your life. You need to get into your Word. You need to get into your prayer closet and allow Him to, to sow those things into Your Spirit. God, we love You. God, we love You. God, we love You. We love You, Lord. We love You, Lord. We thank You, Jesus. We thank You, Jesus. Thank you. Lord, would you just spend a moment in worship just for a second? Just welcome God and earth. That God is working in someone's heart right now I know
1: that you are for me Yes Lord Yes Lord Take me in my weakness Yes God I know that you have come now Yes Lord To
0: yes. to Lord, we thank you for what you've done today. We thank you for what you're doing right now. And Lord, we declare, we declare that goodness, and Lord, your, your anointing is going to flow into our lives this week. And we thank you, God, for your love. We thank you for your grace and for your blood. God, I thank you for every person that's here today. Thank you for, thank you for their hearts to worship and their hearts to seek after you, Lord. We thank you, we love you, we praise you in Jesus' name. Everybody said, "Amen, amen." All right, guys, listen up. Um, next, uh, thank you very
1: much.